Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Vigaina. Your feature is about to begin. Welcome, I'm Holly Gordon. And I'm Shanina Vigela. And this is The Bad Film Club, the podcast where we watch bad films so you don't have to. But warning you now, there will be spoilers. So watch and then listen, or don't watch at all and just listen to us. We don't mind. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, how are you? Yeah, alright. Um, I, I, I can't believe what we watched. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it was such a surprising film um we watched doolittle which is the what 20 2020 yeah it came out this year i didn't even realize Isn't um i uh, 2020 fa- what, fantasy adventure film starring um robert down jr and a very very long uh voice cast of animals yeah um do you want to um kind of talk about the plot i i would love to but i don't feel like there was one and no not even like can't even kind of you kind of get like a very small um introduction of like the backstory and maybe context yeah they did that worst the worst thing that a writer can do which is telling you not showing you and i'm like that's both writing and screenwriting 101 so they show you rather than tell you with this beautiful it's probably the best part of the entire film is the first bit of the animated um plot setting yeah so um i agree that the best bit was at the beginning because i really actually i like i really liked the animation style and i actually kind of i think i would have preferred the film if it was all animated (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it was a, an homage to the book of the same name. Um, <laughs> but I just don't understand. I guess because the book is not kind of in my cultural awareness as much as the 1998 Dr. Doolittle. So I just don't... I, I don't understand why they needed to reboot this. I, You know me, I have this personal vendetta against these like kind of Disney-fied remakes. I just don't think that they need to happen. Um, can't we have more original storytelling? I just don't understand this. Didn't this this wasn't even a Disney film, and it felt like a Disney live action. Yeah, definitely. Um, it had that kind of like ugh, I don't know. There's like that kind of shine to like these like Disney films, and it had that too. And I really didn't like it. I also mm-hmm. kind of feel like growing up with the Eddie Murphy um, Doctor Doolittle's, nothing can really compare to them. And yeah. and also I didn't. I mean, this is probably because um, it's based off the book right that is set in England (laughs) or it's set in um this era which like explorers and stuff but I feel like it could have been done better I feel like with Dr Doolittle there's such a potential to um if you're going to adapt it there's a lot of potential to do a lot of different things and I think they kind of like wasted it (laughs) did the most 
they wasted the they wasted the opportunity to do something really cool. I think with this, and also, yeah, I just, I I don't know. It kind of started off for the first like five minutes, like decent, and then just didn't. <laughs> like you didn't just went downhill from there. I think. But don't you feel like from that opening? You didn't have to watch the rest yeah. of the Yeah, like, why, like why, why, why did I stick it out? Well, I stuck it out because I wanted to know what happened. But, um, and I wanted to understand, like, why it was so badly received by critics and just people. Um, so, yeah. But um, I haven't also read the book. No, neither. So I have no, I, I kind of, my only knowledge of Dr. Dr. Mm-hmm. is realistically Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and that what those films definitely had more of comedic value to them. This did not have a comedic value at all. There was nothing really fun about it. Yeah, but I, also I think that's the point. The fact that the other ones had that comedic value, which is like it's based on a book for children. I feel like that's the crux of it. And then you remade it, but in the worst possible way. Like the humor's not funny. There's really weird one-liners. The humor's kind of gross-out humor, but it's not. It's really weird for children. Because this film is not for adults, like, this film is not for, like, this is not the film that I would watch as a parent with my kid and be like, oh, that was actually really good. Like, I, this would be, like, a suffering film. I actually want to take back what I said about Holiday being the worst 2020 film, because I think it was this one. <laughs> and I'm saying it now. And I think that Robert Downey Jr. is lovely, um... And this is a really, this is like the worst, this is the worst film, this is the worst version of him, because what in the hell is that accent? He's, yes, I I was so distracted by it because he, his accent also, I pinball, I wrote down the point where I felt his accent changed and his accent changed for me, like after he kind of like did that revamp bit, like once he lost his like beard and then I feel like you could probably like Beard, yeah. Because you could probably see his mouth a bit more. But like he couldn't the he just didn't have like the accent was shocking anyway, but then it like didn't really it I don't know. I want to know who sat like what was the process of like from the director and writers and when they sat him down and was like, He's going you're so you're gonna have to do a Welsh accent Because <laughs> he's supposed to be Welsh, but that's not a Welsh accent at all. That's not a Welsh accent at all. I just don't understand the creative choice of that either. Yeah, and we know that Ro- we know that Robert Downey Jr. can act really well. He's done wonderful films. And he's also done iconic British um, characters before because he did Sherlock Holmes. But he did his... Um, mm, exactly. His, he just spoke in his own voice in those films and it was completely fine because it worked, because it's him. Yeah, you know he I mean? was so uncharismatic in this film and you could just tell that he really didn't want to be there, which is surprising because he's exec producer on this. But he, I don't know, I just don't understand why he did it because he just looks so miserable throughout. Like, he, I don't even feel like he's acting in this because he's just like, okay, I think this might make me some money, but it is it? I don't know. I also think it's quite sad because it's like his first film straight out of Marvel, yeah. Marvel. He's done like this long 10-year stint basically solely doing one character and he's maybe taken this opportunity because he wants something different from Marvel, but then like it's not been the right thing, I don't think, or he just hasn't <laughs> done it very or he's kind of just like it kind of feels like maybe it was an easy way to make some money, but, like, he doesn't need any money. He just did 10 years with Disney. 
yeah, so exactly. um yeah i think um it was quite disappointing from him because uh, you know you know that he's a good actor and like again i do think like with the the waste of i like with the waste of potential of uh the storyline the world well, the story of dr Doodle could have been so much better they could have modernized it i was really i mean i know that the old ones were modernized they were kind of set in the 21st century but like they could have done that again surely i know <laughs> i would have I, rather I, that totally yeah and i totally agree with your point of i feel like it would have been better as an animated film because that would have been so because then that like just because that animation at the beginning was so pretty like it was such a beautiful mm. style of animation i would have like sat through 90 minutes of that instead of having to sit through 90 minutes of this <laughs> whatever this was <laughs> yeah. yeah um so i mean it's also surprising because obviously with actors who big 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 name actors they obviously go through these scripts and they when they're asked to do films like this and they and i I don't know. I've never had to like sit and read a script and be like, yeah, this is good. But I'm just kind of like in, I put myself in that position. I'm just like, do you not notice if these things are bad? Because it's like, there's, it's this, the list of this, the cast, the cast list is not, they're not like random people. These, there are a lot of like Oscar nominated um, actors in this. And like, especially even like live acting or the, the voices of animals. And I'm just kind of like, did you guys... Is it all just a money grab? <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand how you sign up for this. And I have read scripts and I just don't understand. There's such a massive smut pile and I just don't understand how this got greenlit. I, I just don't understand it. Who was it made by? It was... Oh, it was distributed by Universal. Yeah, and it was by the director that directed... Was it Traffic? Which Wasn't that Oscar nommed? Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for Traffic, and that was an Oscar nominated for the screenplay. But he hasn't really done anything else. He's done a few thrillers, but Duda Tool is like the most biggest thing. And can I just say that from writing the screenplay of Traffic, who was like, oh yeah, you know he that person. I I don't even know what his name is. I'm really sorry. Stephen but... Stephen Gang Gangan. He also wrote yeah, the screenplay so... too. It just doesn't make... Who was like, oh, yes, he should write a children's film. <laughs> what Was there any anything um, other than... So, other than the animation in, like... Was there anything specific that, like, stood out both in a positive or negative way for you? I think just everything was overwhelmingly negative for me. I... Nice. I really didn't find it funny. Yeah, I really didn't find it funny. And I I feel like I really had to suffer through this for the podcast because I was just like, I would never have continued watching this film otherwise. Imagine, I, oh, imagine paying for this film. Because this came out in... <laughs> this actually came out in the cinemas in January. So it was before everything kind of shut down. So there was actually like um, people that went to go and see it, even though it was... The seven. It was the seven. It was the seventh highest highest grossing film of 2020, which but that's Ouch. not difficult because no no one went to the cinema in 2020 and no films came exactly. out. But then it was considered an office bomb, like not box office bomb, because Universal lost a hundred million dollars. Oh wow! 
<laughs> and it obviously um oh that hurts i think the kind of we've already mentioned it um but the re- the reason why it got negative reviews was because of the bad humor the pacing and the lack of story um, but that's a hundred percent it because what what story is there this feels like i know i said this about se- uh, last christmas and it felt like that was a draft but this felt like they did a draft and then they just left it and then they just chucked stuff together and it became this nonsensical very strange very disjointed thing that is like it feels like no one can act in this when I'm just like "Mm, Michael Sheen's a good actor and you know yes um, that's that stuck out to me a lot Michael Sheen is a very good actor and he did a very bad performance or it was very kind of shallow performance for me like it was kind of like it felt it like first draft or a student has written this but i've seen student scripts that are way better than this i i just don't understand how they put so much money behind something that's so ridiculous i think the money solely probably went towards paying robert downey jr to do this and (laughs) and 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 the cgi of all the animals but speaking on like the lack of acting. I also think that they, um, and I don't like it when um, this happens because it's quite, it does happen a lot in badly written animated films or um, when a voice is needed, but the character that the person voices is essentially the person, you know, like, yeah, like Octavia Spencer voices a duck, right? <laughs> Called Dab Dab. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's literally just like, it feels like it's just oh that it's just octavia spencer do you know and i feel like it's lazy and maybe slightly insensitive also as well um it's like also jason manzoukas uh voices i love really the dragonfly the dragonfly i love him he's very funny but yeah he's typecasted as that kind of that very specific person that very specific character and yeah it's exactly the role that he plays in every single thing that i ever see him in yeah, it's exactly, exactly. Like, he just, it's kind of like, again, the potential to do more with the animals could have been so much better. And I, I don't know. Yeah. There was also, like, I also was, when I was watching this, I also felt like, um, uh, again, because it's not a Disney film, but it has that, like, like, f- like feel of a Disney, a bad live action Disney film. But the, there was, like, yeah. did you think that Robert Downey Jr. kind of, like, maybe... Like, because it's, like, an adventure, fantasy adventure film and they're on a ship most of the time, was there... Mm-hmm. Did you kind of just think, oh, maybe this performance is slightly overshadowed because we know uh, Johnny Depp's performance of Captain Jack Sparrow is so good? And there was me... <laughs> like, I don't know. There was just, I just something... I feel like it's just overshadowed. Like, you, I don't know. Do you know. I don't know. I'm trying to make a point, but I can't really figure out how to say it. But I just feel like... <laughs> yeah. It was just, like... This is why I think it's it's overdone. It's not overdone, but it could have been different because there's already been good adventure, adventure fantasy adventure films with characters like that already, like eccentric characters already. So like, yeah. adapt it differently so we see something new. Yeah, you know what? I would have liked to have seen it in a way that they did um, the animation for Treasure Planet. I think that would have been really cool. <gasps> oh. Treasure right. Planet is Treasure Planet is very underrated. I feel it did also yeah, very top, badly in the bo- top tier <laughs> film. It's a great film. It's very uh, it's very um, overlooked, 
and underrepresented. As well as mm. Atlantis, that's also a good film. But you know, like you could have done it. They could have done it like that if they were going to stick to animation. Like with the amount of money they put into CGI, I really don't think the payoff was worth it. I felt like all those animals were real cringe at the start when um, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is making animal noises. I physically recoiled because I was just like, "This is so cringy." I hated it. <laughs> and and then they sent in this tiny person that lady rose girl and i'm just like are you 10 years old she also didn't need to be in the film at all that character all. like that, that film would have been the exact same if she wasn't without her it. like what was yeah. the point of her like this that's also another thing i think there was like a lot of unneeded characters in this film and and in her case like tom holland as the dog what unnecessary like that was a big that's a big big um nate cast member name and he's just all he does is watch the queen for the whole he doesn't even go on the adventure and it's just kind of like the um i will say my favorite one of my favorite animals was the um ostrich (laughs) yeah the ostrich kamil nanjani what what a voice he's so good he's so he's so funny he's very funny but I do. Oh, Selena Gomez is in it. Yeah, she's the the giraffe oh. or yeah, the a... yeah the giraffe, and then Marion Cotillard is the is the fox. Yeah, th- these this like it was just one animal animal after another for me, and I just kind of got like I kind of got overwhelmed by how many animals there were. Like, I I understand that he has the power to talk to every single animal ever, but like, do we need to? Did we need to see every single animal ever? <laughs> did you, you yeah. know like yeah yeah exactly it's uh it was so many but um again yeah i also kind of like they made such a point of um uh robert down jr being like heartbroken and this whole oh so you know so they obviously got the point i mean the vague plot of this is that the queen is ill and doolittle has like been heartbroken so has like closed himself off from society and the queen is ill so needs his help so he goes to visit her like even though he doesn't like human beings anymore and he then has to go on an adventure to find the antidote to because she's been poisoned because what michael sheen and jim broadbent are plotting to kill the queen yeah and uh so and then I so then they went to had to go to this island this other island to get this like book which was written by Mr like Dr Doolittle's wife ex wife well old, old wife and I wrote down uh, why dead dead wife de- dead wife <laughs> sorry ex-wife. dead wife <laughs> <laughs> dead wife I wrote down this is I feel like this is a typical thing that I do when now watching these films I write down my first thought when I see something and then my first and it's usually a question and then the question gets answered five minutes after I write it down I wrote down why does this random guy have a shrine to like someone else's wife (laughs) and then oh yeah Antonio Banderas Antonio Banderas and then it's like oh this is my daughter and I was like oh it makes sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but I um, Antonio Banderas for me just looked so different but maybe that was yeah. obvious, I mean I, I don't know also completely like I, I, I saw because we saw so many animals in this film I started to like try and guess the um, voices without having to like look them up because that was yeah. actually more that was more interesting for me than watch like who, actually following the plot 
Yeah. I got the uh, hair as Will Arnett, and I was just like, yes, I got it. Yeah. Um, Rami Malek sounded so different. Right? I feel like the gorilla and Rami Malek were not the same the same being, but... Uh, also, Tom, yeah, Tom Holland... De- yeah, Tom Holland definitely put on a voice, and I didn't like it. He should have just spoken in his own voice. Uh, Craig Robinson is was that squirrel. <laughs> yeah. That was used as like comedic value, but it wasn't a funny joke. Like he was like like he was like logging every day. I just didn't care. Yeah. Basically, yeah. just did there was like that. Okay, that's another thing. Didn't really care about any of the characters. Yeah, there was nothing to kind of endear you to his plight or the plot or the pacing. I mean, you kind of know the formula for what's going to happen. The people are sad. A man is sad. Someone tries to help him. Animals try and help him. They go on a quest. They find the answers to all of their questions. They save the queen. And then all is well and good. And he becomes less closed off again. Like You know what's going to happen. And they didn't really deter from anything. I felt like the thing that was really weird was when they did get to their the height of their quest. And mm. in their way is a dragon... And then they try and help the dragon because she has a stomachache and then they start pulling things out of her. I literally completely like, I was so surprised with this because there was obviously a slight hint because uh, before that had happened, Michael Sheen's character had like hinted, like had been like, he like he's jealous of Doolittle and his Doolittle skills and like yeah. not very kind of um, accepting of the fact that he can talk to animals. And yeah. he says he's a bit crazy because he's like even pro- like there's even writings that they- he can prove that dragons exist, and mm. I was just like, oh, so we're going down this route. Like I know, like I like I get because the minute they actually got to that like island that they were trying to get to, that's when like the magic side, I think the fantasy side for me kicked in because otherwise yeah. it had just been like it's just one of those Doctor Doolittle was just known for being able to talk to animals. That's fine. But then the fan, the actual magical side of it, it kicked in there, and it was kind of like then, but because it was tacked on at the end, or felt like it, it felt a bit ridiculous. And I didn't yeah. like the. I know that the dragon was supposed to be comedy. It was supposed to be a comedic value, but like they were talking, but like literally five minutes before that, they were both talking about how they've been going through a broken like heartbreak, and I thought they were treating <laughs> her for a broken heart, and I was like, yeah. not for like basically essentially constipation. Yeah. So, I didn't like I it know. personally. I also just like, yeah, just, ugh, <laughs> just like, it's so it's such a. I think I'm an, I'm the most. The, why I'm annoyed is that it just had. I say this again, but it had so much more potential. It just should have been a different film. Would you have um, casted anyone differently? Literally everyone. Actually, the one person I probably would keep was. Would be the Stubbins boy. I think he's quite sweet. Has he been anything in anything before? I don't um, think so. I've never seen him before, but I thought he was quite sweet. But then I don't know if that's because he doesn't really talk in this film that much. And he's just kind of like the cute little apprentice boy with the kind heart. But I feel like I would not have had Emma Thompson as Polynesia the parrot. Oh my god. Wasn't she also the uh, narrator as well, kind of at the beginning? Yes, which I, I also didn't like because I'm just like, why do you need? Oh, 
why do you need a narrator like this? You should, if you're going to tell an adventure fantasy, you should be able to show it. I shouldn't have to be told, I shouldn't have to be told what's happening because then it doesn't make sense. Your plot, you got, you clearly need these bookends to make sense of your plot. Yeah. I also feel like it's such... I did yeah, enjoy... Yeah. So go, go on, carry on. Sorry, go on. I was just saying, I, the, I think the thing that I did enjoy was the, the notion of the cold polar bear. <laughs> yeah, it was I really did, cute. That, that was nice. I did kind of like... He was voiced by John Cena. Um, <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> we should be matching just... our... We should be looking at an actor and be like, you feel like a specific animal and that's the one you're going to voice. Not force me to have to listen to Rami Malek trying to be a scared gorilla. (laughs) He also, like, Rami Malek's voice is, like, quite deep. Who would you... Yeah, who would you have cast as a gorilla, though? I want The Rock. (laughs) Yeah, like, someone with a bit of... Can you imagine? Yeah. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel as a gorilla. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, someone with a bit of a deeper voice because even though because I kind of like the juxtaposition of a deeper someone with a deeper voice and even if if the character if the gorilla is characterised as like scared and like cautious but still has a deeper voice like a gorilla probably would have then that's probably Mm. a bit of a better like juxtaposition in a character design whereas like this they, they probably were like can you just do like a kind of like meek voice because your character's a bit meek you know I don't know yeah. I just felt like I felt like the when they all sat down to kind of to, to, like talk through their characters they all kind of got the wrong idea <laughs> can you imagine if they just did redid the Fast and Furious films but as animals in Doctor Doolittle all of their voices can you imagine <laughs> Michelle, Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez as as a Polynesian parrot mm. Love that. That would be good. Do you know? Okay, Okay, I would watch that. (laughs) (laughs) The things that um the thing that did actually, um I wrote that did make that I did actually kind of enjoy. I know I don't I didn't like the the fact that it was set in like what felt like old England essentially. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's supposed to be Victorian England. Victorian England, because oh yeah, she's Queen Victoria. Duh. But um, I kind of like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I kind of just like didn't I can't I get tired of seeing that kind of crap anyway because it's everywhere um yeah and but I did really like um some of the costume design and I did kind of like the set design like there was little details that I appreciated Mm -hmm. like um Dr. Doodle's coat has two um two what they called seahorses embroidered at the back and they yeah. essentially, and they essentially like make for life, so I feel like that yep. was maybe a nod to her, him and the wife, um, which I thought mm. was quite nice. Um, and I kind of liked the. It made me laugh actually. That some a bit that kind of made me laugh was like when they they first arrive at the at the island to get the book, and like this king, I'm assuming he's a king, right? Yeah, he's a king. Just yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. sleeps in like but essentially what is a giant giant playpen for cats. <laughs> yeah. Because like they have like all the bridges and like the 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 I don't know, that that's that seemed quite cool. That was quite nice. But then like I don't know, I did that, that maybe that's the only positive thing I could say about this film. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the occasional 
the occasional character like um costume design was nice but it kind of all felt a bit eh. also was this ever cleared up but like why was the squid like not trustworthy or like was the squid what side was the squid on you know the squid in the in the queen's bedroom yeah yeah octopus wasn't it an octopus? Oh, octopus. Yeah. No, I don't really know. Was I don't it? feel like they ever really explained I it. Like it. I feel like they had... This is what This is what you were saying before, is that they had all this potential to take, to, like, push it, and they just kind of half-assed it, and they just put in, like, little tidbits like that that you just never find out the answer to. And I'm interested in those things rather than what actually happened. Yeah, because... Uh, he says he refuses to tell Dr. Doodle if he's seen anything. He says anything. snitches get stitches. I don't like the dialogue in this uh, film. It's... And you you mentioned it saying that the things that got that annoyed you were like the one-liners and I think I'm, you're correct. The one-liners were so bad in this film. Yeah. Because who are they for? They're not for adults because it. they're too cringy and they're not for children because children don't understand those kinds of things yet. They're, they're written by someone who doesn't understand how like people chat. You know, yeah. There's no like, I don't know. Again, probably written. It's probably written by the wrong person. Ugh. I know. But yes, I um, I didn't. I kind of like. I kind of felt it was clever that the stick insect was a spy. Yeah. Um. But that was quite cool. But I really just think everything was ruined by Robert Downey Jr.'s accent. <laughs> I just I. It's a it's a creative choice that was made, and I don't understand why. Yeah, maybe we should ask them. That's the big it doesn't make question. Sense. That's the question. This that's the question about this film is just why. Yeah, why? Why? That's the, that's well, apparently why. it underwent three weeks of reshoots, and this is still what they came up with. Ouch. Three. Oh wow. Oh, because of um. It wasn't received like the test screenings the, didn't the go cut well that were shown. Yeah. Oh, and this and they still decided to put this one out. I know. And there was things that were worse than this. Apparently, it. it I just. Sorry, I'm just looking at the voice cast, and it's so extensive. It's too many people. And it just doesn't. But it's so extensive, and it still doesn't save this film. <laughs> Yeah, you've got like people like Ralph Fiennes in it. Um, mm. uh, obviously, we mentioned like Will Arnett and Emma Thompson, but then you've also got like actual like act like acting like live action. You've got we have three big ma- like maybe four major m- like big actors who have been in massive things. Yeah, and it's just kind of like all right. That like they weren't even used to their own potential too. Like maybe like I I don't know. I always think it's like an actor obviously can take a script and make it into something really really good. But then there's only there must be a limit to what you can do. Um, how, how what you can do with the 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 material given and like you I don't know like I feel like a lot of stuff that Robert Downey Jr. has been in he's been able to like ad lib and kind of um improvise and maybe he wasn't allowed to as much in this film well, maybe, um, I mean, but then the thing is like when he doesn't when he does improvise it sounds a lot more natural yeah but maybe they're maybe. just maybe they shot it out you know like they did so many reshoots on this film um interestingly they turned towards seth rogan and neighbors co-writer brandon o'brien to help add comedy to the film 
but neither of them remained committed and dropped out. And I'm just like, that's the biggest, like, nope out of here I've ever seen, which is so funny. Oh. <laughs> if you've got, if you can't, like, you're asking Seth Rogen for comedic help, which is a valid, which is fair, because it's funny. Mm. But, like, he can't even, like, he's not even, like, motivated to to save it, then you've got an issue with your uh, source material. Um... God, they got a lot of people to try and help. Infuse something with this. I think it was... I think... What it was... I think that it's like... Isn't that just a sign to start from scratch? I agree. Like, if you've got so many people that are, like, trying to help maybe fix it, um, and then you can't. And I think this is also just a general thing for creative ideas. It's like, when... um, You have a creative idea, and it keeps having to go back to, like, rewrites or you have to go back and like iterate it a bit more to like refine it, mm. but it still doesn't really land. Then maybe the direction you've chosen to go with this film is the wrong one. <laughs> and this is probably why we keep, we keep saying that it's like, they, they should have done it in a different way. Yeah. Either if it was animated or, or uh, the storyline was maybe, maybe they should have just added a storyline. I feel like also... Who was the who was the real villain in this film? Jim Broad. It just felt like everyone just didn't like. It just didn't like everyone just didn't like. like it was know. definitely I Jim. It was it was Jim Broadbent, but I don't. <laughs> it was kind of also. Everyone. But then, but then Michael Sheen was also in co- in cahoots with him, but nothing happens. To, I mean, he dies. Uh, I think. I don't really know. He falls off that thing. So and then he's never spoken of again. I so. Can't. But then I can't remember if he does. Yeah, and there's loads of stuff like that in this film, like when they get the ship from Antonio Banderas, and then there's just a prisoner on it, and then he just never appears. What what happens to him? He's he's like, I'm Jeff. Oh yeah, he's like, just is he just like kicked off and like left before they leave? There's just loads of these are all the little things that that I feel like. Where what happened to this? What what is this? What I don't understand. What the point? What's the point of showing them then? You know. Yeah, and I think this is a this is the results of ha- this is the result of having too much of too, like a massively chaotic main cast. Yeah, there's too too many people to remember. Uh, yeah. So like, if you think about even just like one scene, you've got like such a long list of everyone, and then like if you're gonna add one other character for comedic uh, for co- uh, comedic five seconds, are we just also yeah? Are we are we just supposed to like um? Uh, not like be okay with the fact that like we then we don't you've got to fin it basically if you add it in you've got to like then tie you've got to like complete it yeah it's got to land better that's what it is like if you're gonna put it in it's got to have like a good punchline it has to be smart and funny and all those kinds of things but that it that just didn't materialize in this film at all yeah i um also didn't enjoy and i feel like a lot of films do this but like they go on this long long adventure right and they we see the journey there and we see how treacherous the journey there is and how how difficult and long it is and then it's just like oh but we've only got 20 minutes to wrap up everything so we can't show the journey back so we just assume that they get back safely and it's like that you just we just cut to a polar bear running through buckingham palace yeah like like they've got on a they've completely oh, oh it's just so annoying it's such a it's like such a time management thing. I feel. Yeah, but I feel like I would not have <laughs> liked pacing, pacing yeah, thing. Yeah, but I also would not not have liked to have seen the return journey because I really just didn't care about any of the characters at all. No. Oh, I guess you've also read this, but like 
Robert Downey Jr. was in, in was uh um interviewed on Joe Rogan's podcast and he said that he Doctor like the inspiration for the character in the film was based off a neo pagan physician called William Price, who was also Welsh. And he said, in the same way I did with Iron Man before I signed on, I just Googled the weirdest Googled weirdest Welsh doctor. Um I just wanted to think of I don't want to do another English accent, so I um here's another nutty here's a different like a nutty Welsh doctor basically to base his car his character off. That's that's, that that's so niche but... and ridiculous. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so annoying. It kind of just like I said, I just would have rathered him have his own voice in it. Also, like, it only works you, in an surely... homage to other people if you can fucking do the accent. You can't do the accent. Don't do it. There's a pe- there's actual there's like British people who who can't I can't do a Welsh accent. No. There's like, it's just like don't if you can't do a Welsh accent if you can't do an accent just don't do it. Like save yourself from our ridicule essentially. And like, oh it's so annoying. Like I had a point and I forgot what I was gonna say. But I just didn't enjoy it no i think it was annoying <laughs> it was <laughs> just another big why oh so oh no i was gonna say um no it would to me another a justification for him to do his own voice was that dr Dutal in this film has been is characterized as a big an explorer of the world so like surely your like accent just kind of like you like mimic you kind of like it blends with all the places that you've been over time mm. So it would kind of just, like, make sense. He doesn't have to... Like, yeah, he's grown up, what, in England or, like, the UK, but if over if you've travelled for... If you've made your living from travelling, surely you, um... It kind of... Your accent just comes becomes more like a amalgamation of all the different things that you've seen. So maybe that would be... Could be a real justification for Robert Downey Jr. to just speak normally. Yeah. In his own... In his... Like, speak in his own um, accent. The thing that I kept... But, but then maybe he did... Yeah, carry on. The thing that I kept thinking about was he kind of sounds like... This is another Lord of the Rings reference, but he sounds <laughs> like the Ents from Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, I, I don't know what what Welsh person this accent was modelled on, but you sound weird. It sounds... Not weird, because I like the tree beard accent, but that's what he sounds like. It's very slow and very um low so sometimes i i like had to turn the subtitles on sometimes because i'm just like i don't know what you're saying i can't hear you i don't know if you had that as well i just i i don't i didn't know what was happening (laughs) he was very um i mean this could just be an episode about robert angelina's accent to be honest but like he could he he pronounced like there's obviously inflections in Welsh accents and we're, we're obviously in just generally when you're speaking the English language you it's all about tone and what you what stresses you put on different words yeah. and the the close I mean the this um Robert Downey Jr. basically did it where he like picked and choose randomly which <laughs> when he was gonna put um, it on or words not words and and like letters when he was going to put, first of all, when he was going to speak in the accent properly, but which like words or which specific characters he was going to like elongate or pronounce weirdly, 
And the and that is funny if it's done well because the only character I know that can do that and has done it well and it's now been it's praised for its comedic value is um Moira Rose from Shits Creek. She's like Catherine O'Hara yeah. essentially has like done it to a point where um it's now been it's now been studied by <laughs> Canadian like speech people. But it's like that's comedic value and that's really funny. Whereas like um he hasn't been consistent it. So if he chose to like pronounce a specific like thing, specific character weirdly, you need to do that every time you say that character, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just hasn't done it. So there's no like it would have been better. Your this point is Robert, yeah, Robert But your point is your point amazing. being is that there's no consistency which is this whole entire film. There's no consistency in any of this film. Yeah. I, I generally just think that the um uh it got it found it do you know what it feels like? It feels like that it got too muddy. Like it got too there was too many people involved. Yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will. Yeah, too many cast members, too many characters, too many people trying to have input into writing. It got way too like confusing and then um and they didn't do the thing where you're supposed to like obviously edit out your work edit your work like they just like it felt like they instead of editing they work they just added more yeah like it was like a band-aid over something it was like a you know a band-aid over something that was wrong so it's just like no you need to if you really care about this film scrap it and rewrite it from the beginning yeah sure i mean they weren't ever gonna do that i mean it's universal they're not gonna be like oh yes here just take this hundred million Dollars, pounds, whatever, on my finest money and waste it. Fuck it. Ugh. Also, I'm just kind of like, I am still now thinking, also, you made a good point about this, like, choice of director. I wonder, like, because I know, obviously, directors have to, like, sort of pitch a reel, essentially, to be like, this is how I imagined the film to look. This is the kind of tone I want to get give from my direction. I found the directing actually kind of weird as well. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I don't... So we've talked about how chaotic it was from a cast standpoint. I felt like the direction was so chaotic that it made me feel a bit nauseous, especially when they're on the ship. And the first, I think, 10, 15 minutes of the film, that's why I kind of felt like I didn't know what was happening because I was like, why is it shot like this? I don't understand. It just looks like a massive, expensive mess. Yeah, like there's so many good ways to get like, um, because it's essentially like the like the bits on the ship are essentially quite action heavy, so there's um, there's a good ways to shoot action, um, like action films, and I just feel like and like now people use drones, don't they, to like get like big aerial shots and stuff, but like um, it felt yeah there was a <laughs> there was like a feeling of motion sickness that came with it, which was very like odd you know and I feel like it just again maybe the direction was also inconsistent because he didn't know what he was doing <laughs> um, yeah maybe but I or maybe maybe it lies in the edit of because they reshot some of this most of the scenes maybe it's like oh we use this bit from this edit and this bit from this one and this bit from that one and then there's no continuity between them yeah that's probably why it feels such a disjointed film so- yeah, it feels so jagged instead of that kind of smooth that we're used to, especially in stuff that's quite... This is quite big budget. 
So I feel like when you see stuff like that, that and it just feels so out of place. The budget, <laughs> and then you're just like, what did you spend this money on? The budget was... Oh, we have. We said about budget. The budget was a quite a big budget. They just still lost yeah. a lot of money. $175 million budget. Oh my God. That's so much money. But they... And they made it back, but they still lost money because it was bad. Um, also, I mean... A few things that I wrote down that kind of just didn't really make sense to me. Um, I I guess that's Victorian era England, and like, like we hadn't they hadn't clocked on that like animals should be treated nicely, and essentially that all they are essentially are for food and stuff. But he, this kid comes from a hunting family, and they're making it out that him liking yeah. animals and caring about animals is like the worst thing ever. And they like literally just talking about him and how weird he is. And I'm just like, there's worse things in but life. But I think that was a good... I, I know, but I think that would have been a good plot point if they'd explored it more. Because if they'd given it the gravitas that it had... For example, he obviously comes from a poor mm. family. And his family is like, you're not a hunter. And they're, the, the worry is obviously because what is he going to do for a living? Like, he can't get an education because it's Victorian England and he's poor. Um, so there's all of this stuff that kind of comes with it, but is never explicitly mentioned or delved into. It's just like this typical, prototypical, he's a good kid, he needs direction or he needs help, blah, 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 without actually talking about those things. Yeah, we never saw his family again after that. Again, it was just one of those like characters I think they forgot to carry on writing. Oh no, but they, they're like, no, they show them at the end and they're watching him help do a little uh, in the lab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, in the uh, surgery room. And I was just like, okay, so we're going to come full circle. That's the one cool. bit they came full circle. Um, I don't know. It's just... Joanna, Page pa- Joanna Page is played one of them, one of the fans. And I was just like, oh. I know. She's the <laughs> aunt and she's... um. She's just Stacey from uh, Gavin and Stacey. I know. I feel like Robert Downey Jr. should have watched that to give him some help in this Welsh accent. Oh my God. Imagine how she felt hearing the Welsh accent and be like, what the hell is this? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you, like, oh my actual God. Can you just think for a second of that interaction and she's just standing there like, what in the actual I don't hell? know if Dr. Do- okay, actually, hang on. Is Dr. Doolittle actually Welsh, or is he just... No, I don't think he is. He's supposed to be from the West Country. Yeah. Which is the <laughs> southwest. which is Dev... Which is Devon and, like, it Cornwall. Does... It doesn't make any sense. And Robert Dungeon's just None like, oh, fuck that, I'm just gonna go sense. and do... I'm just gonna, like... I'm, I'm just... just gonna do what I want. I'm just gonna do what I want. <laughs> of course. I'm gonna make him Welsh, even though he's not from Wales. Right, fine. Yeah, fine. but it's such a RDJ move, but it's mm. it's such a weird it's such a weird choice that they st- stuck with it. Um, I would have been you like, know, like we I'd... talk about bad accents in films all the time, but and you see bad accents in films like, oh, but the, Wel- the Welsh accents are hard, and then when they're done badly, it's just terrible. It's like when the Scottish accent is done badly, or people do a bad Geordie accent and you're just like, why have you done this? Just leave it then. If you can't do it, just leave it. Because I'm also thinking that if that... So we've already discussed that like pacing and storyline and humour was... had negative feedback during test testing. Did no one... 
point out that Robert Downey Jr.'s accent was also bad? Like, was that also not feedback? Because if it went through multiple test screenings to have multiple reshoots and stuff, I'm surprised that no one... Well, do you think people were scared to bring it up? Like you... maybe maybe they were like you're not Jodie comma like you can't do this accent you're not good at accents <laughs> that's very true it's I just I can't believe it I just I can't believe this is another one where I'm just like I can't believe they got paid to do this can can someone pay me to do shit like that because what what like absolutely not it was announced in the the sole cast started to be in, become announced in twenty seventeen. So like, it, it went. Through, yeah, they shot in twenty eighteen. I think. Like, oh, it was a very long. It went through two years of post production, which is terrible. That's just a lot of time to commit to a very bad film. Um, yeah. Who is this? Do you reckon people get secondhand embarrassment? Actors get secondhand embarrassment when they see. Films like I mean, do you think that any of them actually watched it back? Because I definitely wouldn't have. I don't know, but this is the thing because in a more they must have had a premiere, and I assume that well, at premieres you go on a red carpet and then you go and watch the film with everyone, right? But I was just like, imagine. Do you think that like they knew that this was a bad film, so they didn't need to bother to go and see it at their own premiere? I would be very I have embarrassed. No idea, my friend. I would be very. I wouldn't go and watch it. Like, I'm sure you know when you're working on something creative, whether or not it's a film or whatever, something else, and you have that like gut feeling that this isn't going well or this isn't good. Um, Like, you kind of try and like distance yourself. Because also, I feel like I didn't really see much pro- promotion for this film either. But that might be because it, obviously it's 2020, so quite difficult to promote films at the moment. But, yeah. Um, I remember... I do remember the day that Tom Holland announced that he was going to be in it because he was like doing another film with Robert Downey Jr. again, guys. And that would like just come, came off um, the following of like Spider-Man. So obviously everyone was just like, oh, wow, dream team. But it's obviously not because Tom Holland's in it for like five seconds. Yeah, I just feel like the whole thing is very lifeless and very it it was a struggle I can't believe it was 101 minutes long it's so much longer than it needed to be I I don't understand I I just don't understand anything about it I don't understand any of the creative choices I don't understand why it's so long I don't understand why they thought this script would do well or any of the gags they're not funny for I normal kind of, humans or children. I think I think the reason like okay, I know it's set in Victoria era England and so the royal family and the queen are apparently the center of everything. But like mm. um it would have been more interesting. Like I don't okay, I don't want to speak okay, I just don't care about saving a royal family member when there's like that that kind of storyline. Like that's not interesting yeah. because like it's been done a hundred times. Like if I if it had to be set in Victoria Victorian era, um, England, there are so many probably so many other things that could have been more exciting. Like there was a mention of Regent's Park Zoo at the beginning because they were saying that if like they don't help the Queen that they're going to lose the house, 
And I thought, oh, that's way more interesting. Like, could you talk about going to the zoo? And we, like, have already mentioned that. Could you talk about, like, the... The, the social economic effects of the kid <laughs> and his family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't know. There was just, okay. There's way more. There's just more adventures that they could have done that would be probably way more interesting than saving the queen. I'm just like yeah, I get they it. Definitely could have done it like a hundred and one Dalmatian style. You know where they're trying to hold on to their house. Um, you know, like there's so many ways that avenues they could have done it. And I know they were trying to keep faithful to the book, which also kind of doesn't make sense because no one really has anyone ever read. Doctor Doolittle, shout us if you have, but I'm, I've never even seen it in a bookshop. No, it, it came you out. You know, it, I work in books. Like it's not. It came out in the nineteen twenties. I think 1920s. that is in my canon. It yeah, came out in the 1920s. I think nineteen twenty-seven. Yeah. So yeah, and maybe not. I just I feel like for me, there's so many other ways that they could have framed it, and then also, just to talk about the nineteen ninety-eight film. I feel like this film is a regression on that because you had a black man playing Dr. Doolittle and then in 2020 you've just gone back to like, oh, Victorian era England with a guy that's doing a shit Welsh accent and everyone is white. Again. Cool. Yeah, I. that's why I think I, that's why I prefer the, the ni- uh, late 90s ones because they're also not... They're, they're set in the kind of like the world that we the current day the current day yeah. world that we live in and there's like oh no and eddie murphy just has that kind of um comedic timing he has that comedic is, timing that's so good that is really good i mean the cast for that film is also massively long but it doesn't feel wasted and it doesn't feel chaotic in that way either it's it's funny like i i still think it's funny yeah, I haven't watched them in a long time, but I grew, definitely remember growing up. I remember like renting them from the library. So yeah, that's they were. Yeah, they've they. I mean, and I do agree with you. They ha- it feels like such a regression. It also I wrote down something about like just how annoying like the Eddie Murphy ones were set in the states, obviously with the American cast, and it was set in the late nineties, etc. Yeah, and it has that vibe but with then ra- this- with. With Raven Simone as the daughter, just shout out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this regression to Victorian era England with a white actor, and it's just like this like fantastic adventure, and it feels kind of like oh right, so we're just are we gonna brush over the fact that like these are just English people going to a foreign country to take something that they think is theirs, as well. Yeah, it's just a lot of it is just a bit. It ridiculous. just made it just kind of like. Uh... We don't need... I feel th- like it was a movie that didn't need to be made in 2020. No. Also, or, actually, thinking about it, if we're going to go down the things that are, like, slight, not really remade, but they're, like, all, like, they're kind of, like, it could have been, like, not remade or could have been considered as a standalone sequel or something like that. They could have kind of done similar something that they did with, like, Jumanji. Yes. It's, Can Jumanji, you imagine? Jumanji was, like, the... The two, the recent ones are really fun, because we went to see. Yeah, we went to see it in the cinema. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought they were dumb. Yeah, kind of like a re reimagining rather than a remaking of. Yeah, because they definitely had like the. Enjoy. Yeah, the, the yeah, it didn't ignore the ones that came before it. It kind of just adapted them to like nowadays, whereas I think, like you said, this has gone backwards, and. Yeah. It's gone backwards to a story that we just don't need or care about 
and doesn't have any impact. Except for yeah. the only impact it has is just to, to, to annoy us, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that wraps up for me. I just. Yeah, this is. this. Yeah, do you want to. Um, you might have already um, look, seen, but do you want to um, guess the ratings it got on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes? Oh. I feel like I've seen the Rotten Tomatoes one. I think it's less than 20%, which I was like, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yes. It, um, it got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's so low. Um, was IMDb higher? in? Not it's. I know it's not in percent, but was it, it, it was higher, higher than, yeah, than you, you thought? Took, it, okay, it, wait, let me guess, yeah. let me guess, let me guess. <laughs> was it a... Th- I want to say like a... Th- as two, but I feel like that's too low for IMDb, so I'm gonna say a four point five. Well, sort of close. It was five point six out of ten. So IMDb gave it over fifty percent. Ouch! How? Don't know. Jesus Christ! It's so bad. I didn't understand. It's so bad. Yeah, I guess our underlying, our overarching message is: please don't watch this film. If you're going to watch a Doolittle film, watch that 1998 Eddie Murphy one instead. Yeah, give that one some love. You probably haven't yeah. gone back to them like in the last couple of years, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was not good. <laughs> I know. It was well. not good. At all. Oh, what did, what did we give it? <laughs> I give oh, it. Yeah. I gave, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. Probably like a 1.5 out of 10. Oh, I'm giving it a 1. There you go. Oh, dear. No mincing of the words. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. If there are any bad films you want us to talk about, please email them to badfilmpod at gmail.com. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAR supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.